All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. I am Paul Christian. And I am Eric Jackson. That's right, and we're back, uh, not only with this episode, but also back from uh, C2E2. Yes. Uh, both We of us... are both feeling very energetic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my whole body is dead. I'm ready to sleep. Yeah, my legs are spaghetti. Yeah, it's pretty much as soon as this... I usually stay up till like 4 a.m. because I work on a weird schedule, but I might honestly just like go straight to bed. I'm yeah, so I'm tired. not going to make it long tonight. Uh, I got some really cool art uh, when I was there. That's one of the... One of I mean, I usually go there just to get signings. I, we met a lot of uh, cool creators, which we'll talk oh, about, yeah. too. Um, and then I got a lot of really good art. Um, so we're, we, we want to just talk a little bit about uh, our experience kind of there at C2E2, because uh, we got, got a lot of shit done there. And yeah. I wasn't able to tweet about it because I had no service in that building. Yeah, right. So I didn't really uh, have as much of a Twitter presence on there as I wanted to. I wanted to, like, you know, share more photos and stuff. But I also figured out that the photo, uh, the camera on my phone is terrible. So yep. that's also part of it. So oh, that's yeah. something, lessons we can learn for next time. Yeah, I got a couple good ones in. And, and if you want to... Uh, uh, we're going to talk about C2E2 for a little bit here. Uh, we always leave timestamps in uh, in the episode description if you're uh, coming in just to, you know, some people you know, know what they want, you know, they oh, yeah. turn on the podcast. I want to <laughs> listen to the Immortal Hulk. No, I do that for a lot of different podcasts. Right. I really appreciate dudes oh. who like make timestamps or like I, there's a sports one I listen to where he'll actually like label the topics and the timestamps. Yep. So like if there's stuff I'm specifically looking for. Right. And that goes for any episode. So and, and uh, we don't take that personally. There's different sections of the episode. Maybe you've only watched. Maybe you've only, you just want to listen to us talk about the Hulk TV show, which we're yeah. going to do today, too. So. Exactly. So maybe that's, you know, so we have uh, timestamps for both of those if you want to jump ahead. But otherwise, uh, we went to C2E2 uh, last weekend and yep third um, year now in a row yeah we've gone uh two years uh two Three. years ago was our first time when we we saw like uh christopher priest and oh, a couple yeah, other yeah. people we yep. this is our first time going two days though yeah uh which was a big improvement even though i still feel like i could have been there for longer yep yeah see two i mean the first time we went that was really like that was what opened like my Eric really expanded my world of the comics and all that. Oh yeah, because you get to see kind of like uh, comics as they're coming out, being advertised and talked about by creators. Yeah, that's probably an interesting insight. Yeah, because like that was around the time when like you were like first starting to get me into it, and then because mm-hmm. you, you were the one who suggested we go to it, and yeah. then Luke was super on board because he was pretty into comics too, and I like I was pretty interested in myself. And even I had no idea what to expect that first time going in because oh, yeah. I you know I expect I for some reason in my head I thought that like the San Diego Comic Con was like the only big one. But, yeah, like, same. At this point, C two E two is like almost as big as far as like getting good you know quality. Like they oh, don't definitely. get as good of like maybe the Hollywood names like all the time. Yeah, but, yeah like, the, the San Diego one gets more like entertainment. And that's because they all live out there, right? Dude, I saw something. Mark Ruffalo was at C2E2. Yeah, just yeah. Like and Carl Urban. So there are a few superstars that they get Oh, yeah, there, they yeah. get big names. Um, it's just uh, usually like uh, the, the comic book creators they get. The ones they got this year were like top. Like It was like a bunch of the, the creators like I always dreamed of meeting. Oh, it yeah, awesome. it was top notch. Um, we got to meet Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman, uh, yep. who were doing Venom. And then we talked about his Silver Surfer Black episode a few weeks yeah, ago. That was really nice that they had like a duo booth. Like, they, like, sat at, like, the same booth and kind of did, like, just duo signings. So it was just one line for the both of them. Yeah, it's smart when they do that, when they have the creators who are on a popular book match yeah, together exactly yeah. um but we also yeah, so we saw donny cates ryan stegman uh we got to see we got to meet the person whose book we're talking about today uh al ewing oh yeah uh, <laughs> so those were the two big lines we we were in yeah he was awesome al ewing was the man he uh he, he was uh giving autographs for free like no matter how many you had as long as you donated to his uh his charity which yeah yeah he had this like a tin on his box where you could donate to the hero initiative which is a charity for comic book creators who aren't supported by dc or marvel because they're yeah. not good at that at all yeah which i think um, is a really cool idea yeah because a lot of creators um and even people who have had their characters like in movies and shit like uh, the creator of like rocket raccoon there was like a whole thing where he was like struggling with medical bills and he couldn't pay for them and it's oh, like, really? why is he not making money off this fucking Guardians of the Galaxy franchise that's exploding. Yeah, that's making billions of dollars. Yeah, so like, and Marvel's not supporting it with anything or paying any of these people. So yeah, it's like that's... they had literally like to start a charity to help all these people who are like creating the books that we love and like celebrating. And ma- Disney's making tons of money off of. Exactly, it's yeah. the dark side of capitalism. Yep. Uh, and then we also got to meet uh, Joe Hill, whose book we just talked about uh, last week. Yeah, with that was Lock awesome. And Key. Yep, he we really went, good panel too. Yep, I was gonna say we went to his. Uh, he had like a one on one Q and A panel, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. They were asking him questions a lot about like his origin and like uh, in like into kind of like horror stories and whatnot because we talked about it a little bit. But he is he's jo- uh, Stephen King's son. Yeah, so he, he grew up around like horror movies and like novels and whatnot and everything. Yeah, I didn't realize he told a story where um, he played like one of the boys in the original Creepshow movie. 
Yeah, I had no idea. And uh, he told a really cool story of how, like, when he wasn't shooting or doing shoots for that day, he basically, like, was babysat by Tom Savini. And he was like, just hung out. he just yeah, hung out so in his cool. trailer watching him put makeup and like horror makeup on actors and actresses. And like, that's just like the coolest fucking story. Right. And then he he had the a hilarious bit, too, where like he uh, had the makeup on his cheek. Oh, yeah. Like, accidentally. It was like a, a slap, a slap, uh, like bruise or whatever on his face. Yeah, and then his dad, like, drove him to McDonald's at 3 a.m., and then, like, uh, he was, like, chanting, I want a milkshake, and yeah. he's like, so get this kid a milkshake, so he shuts up, <laughs> yeah. and then he still had, like, the fake makeup on him, so, yeah, like, everyone, everyone at McDonald's, yeah. Just staring at him. They're like, do we have to call the cops? <laughs> and that, he's like, yeah, we never went back it's to like, that McDonald's. Savini! <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, I know, I, and I was thinking about it, too, so, and because he talked about how he worked really, like, closely on the Lock and Key show, yeah. and Tom Savini literally is, like, a character in one of the episodes, and, yep. they, and they reference him, like, a lot throughout that show so i wonder if like he was like a big role in that yeah joe hill might have brought it up during the creative process at some point like if you want to have these kids be like a horror squad they should like reference tom savini like that's who i was into yeah because yeah, like in the show they call themselves like the savini squad or right. whatever but because- and like do they ever reference it in the book I no, that, that's something they added. Yeah, okay. but it it because they didn't have the filmmaking characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Tom Savini is like super famous for like gore. Like he was like a special effects guru for yeah. like different horror movies. Dawn like, of the Dead. Uh, might be Creepshow, obviously. Yeah, and he's a- acted in several things as well. Oh yeah. Uh, he plays Dust the Till gu- Dawn. Yep, he's the guy in from Dust Till Dawn who has like the revolver dick gun. I had a dildo gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was a, that was a really cool panel because we got to, he gave some insight on like some of his novels and also like lock and key and like some of the other keys he has ideas for and like he's yeah, gonna write. It was great and talked briefly about that Sandman uh, lock oh, and yeah, key yeah. book that we talked about last week too. Yep, I uh, picked up some really really good art. Um, I oh, got yeah. two prints from David Mack, who was awesome. He yeah. was he was the shit. Um, he signed a uh, Hellboy c- cover that I really liked that he did. And then I bought two prints, uh, really, really good Wonder Woman, which I posted on Twitter, and then uh, oh, yeah, Superman, yeah. Uh, which yeah, even, those are great. yeah, which even retweeted and thanked, and I was like, oh yes, <laughs> yeah, that man. was awesome. See, I already have those hanging on the wall right next to our recording. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, and oh, wait, I, where? Oh yeah, there it is. Don't yep, we? there they are. Nice, watching over us. Wait, where's the other one? They're both next to each other. Oh, it's on the other <laughs> side. Oh, that's uh, no, that's a good setup. I like that. Yep. Uh, and then we have, uh, I also got a Jenny Frasan, uh, storm print, which yeah, is really badass. Great. It's like her in front of like a moon at night. It looks, it looks really badass. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, trying to think what else. Oh, and we also, uh, later that night, uh, after the convention, we went to a ping pong bar, which was like oh, yeah. an af- a unofficial after party for C2E2. Yeah. And we actually went to that last year too. Yep. So it's almost like a, it's becoming a tradition now. Right. <laughs> we got to, and it's really cool because they have like eight ping pong tables lined up and like drink specials. So like you can just like have something to do and drink and like it's all C2E2 people there. There was an artist actually selling prints at the ping pong bar, which is where I got my other two pieces of art. He, yeah. And he had an awesome spawn cosplay. Yeah. We, we saw him at the convention with his spawn cosplay and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, really well done. Like, light up helmet and everything. Yeah, like, full helmet, full regalia, like... Chains. It, yeah, the eyes yeah. light up. Yeah, yep. it was it was awesome. Well done. And uh, and we saw him there, like, in the basement, like, selling his prints, and I was like, oh, shit, I gotta check this out. Yeah, he was just jamming the whole night, just, like, dancing, like, selling his art. Like, he was just rocking Yeah, it was it. awesome. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I bought from him a, uh, a really, really, really good Black Panther. And, yeah, it's uh, awesome. On the throne. Yeah, it's like Black Panther, like, uh, it's, like, all regal with, like, these incense candles, like, on the sides of his throne. I posted that. Yeah, it's great. And and then also, uh, he, he did a Calvin Ellis Superman, which I don't see art for a lot, but I was like, hell yeah, I'm definitely buying that. Yeah, I gotta get into that, with because that, that you said that's a Grant Morrison, right? Yep, it's from Grant Morrison Multiversity, and then yeah, cool. he shows up in Grant Morrison Action Comics, and he at this oh, point, sick. he's just an established multiverse Superman. Cool. So he shows up, you know, whenever a writer wants to reference that. I gotcha. So uh, Calvin Ellis is all, he's also the president of the United States in that universe. <laughs> for real? Yep. So the president is Superman? That's right. That's so, that's like the dream. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I so I posted those. If you want to see those, I posted them on Twitter from the ping pong bar. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm I fucked up because I had, I got two awesome prints. Me and Luke got a, a few from this one guy. He it was like uh, Witcher of Geralt and a Siri one, but it was like in samurai style. Oh, who was that? I don't remember. And uh, terrible. I had his I had his business card too, but I uh, I'm blanking on it though. Terrible. They, they were really great. And then yeah. I got a couple horror T-shirts, good Texas Chainsaw and uh, uh, Mars Attacks one that were pretty awesome. We also got to to meet up with a few people there. We actually got to meet CJ from the podcast which was cool to find yeah, that him was awesome. from the from the discord he's also uh he also joined up on the patreon too which i saw so definitely thanks cj for that oh hell yeah definitely um he he uh, gave me a suggestion for an episode and i feel like we have to do it uh, what's that he suggested uh i don't know if i should say it 
Yeah, I'll say it. He well, wa- you got to now. Yeah, no, I do. He, he, <laughs> that, he said, like, oh, it would be a cool idea if you guys did, like, a, a one-off, like, Witcher episode and reviewed that Witcher book. Oh, we then... talked about that. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, but I think, yeah, if, if he's bringing it up, I'm like, yeah, maybe we should do that. Yeah. No, I would love to do that. Yeah. Got, like, It'd be an interesting change of pace for dude, one Dude, even week. at some point, like, I would even nerd out and, like, get into some of the books even. Oh yeah, I, like, I, I mean yeah, that'd be we could that would be maybe like uh we could do like a Patreon uh podcast maybe like a Witcher read through. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, if you covered the whole saga, I would be so much. But like just to go over yeah, some make, like, yeah, some key points, it could be a slower moving. Podcast, and like a lot of yeah. it couldn't you know just differences between the games and the show and the books. Like that'd, yeah, that could be. Interesting. I'm just throwing that in the wind out there. Oh yeah, it's an idea. Oh yeah, and he did also give me uh, an extra copy of uh, oh yeah of the Coats Black Panther run, which I was really hyped about because I've been in, I really really enjoying yeah. that run. So that was the same one that you just recently read the space one yeah it's it looks the one they're ending now yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah that was the big marvel announcement that day it was like, <laughs> hey the, the black panther finale is happening and i'm like the finale finale <laughs> Wait, what? it's over that's not exciting yeah wasn't it pretty a short bummer, huh was it pretty short um well i mean not really i mean it was decent i guess but, like the run like it starts out like the first black panther run is i think like 24 issues and then the intergalactic uh, uh Empire of Wakanda was 20 issues. Ah, that okay. 20 will be the finale. So I guess it's like a 45 issue run ish. Gotcha. So it's decent, but it, I mean, it was fucking amazing. Oh, okay. You got to keep that going. I mean, they, be, I they mean, better yeah. keep, they better keep him on the book. If they're just relaunching it again, fine. I mean, yeah, that happens so much where such great pieces of art or like either whether it be comics or TV shows or whatever, like no matter how good they are, like it just doesn't hit sometimes and right. it just gets canceled. So, so if he's staying on the book, it's totally fine because maybe that story's just over now. I mean, yeah. 20 issues is long enough for a story. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. So, I mean, hopefully that's the case. And, like, at some, who knows, some point down the road, they might come back to it. Yeah, and maybe, you know, maybe he's doing something else. I know he also writes Captain America, so uh, oh, okay. he, he could, maybe he's starting something new, too. The, I mean, I guess. Steve Rogers or Falcon yep, Captain America? No, Steve Rogers, okay. Captain America again. Gotcha. Um, Trying to think what else. Oh, yeah, I also, um, one thing... I, on my bucket list of things I had to buy was a Hellboy, like uh, a Hellboy right hand of doom. Oh, and, yeah. and we actually found one. Yep. It's, it's actually a piggy bank, but it's like made out of like cool material where yeah, it's, it's almost like a, like a cool replica. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like almost ceramic. It's like harder than plastic, but not quite ceramic. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, it's a cool material. It's not quite like those piggy bank, like half, uh, like waist up superhero ones you always see, like, like the, the one, bust. the Doctor Doom one I have, yeah, yeah. Like a bust. Yeah, um, it's like a little bit better of material than that. Oh, and definitely. And what's cool about it too, and which is the how the guy sold me on it, that the thing he's like, yeah, we have one of those, and I hollowed mine out, and I made like a dice roller or like whatever you call it. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, if I can just like remove the bottom of it, then like if I ever want to do like a Hellboy cosplay, oh um, for sure. All yeah, all you have to do is like open up the bottom of that a little bit. There's already a hole there because it's yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a piggy bank. So yeah, you can so open up the bottom. Um, yeah, the little Ex- screw. Expand that a little bit. Put maybe even like a handle in the inside, like a Hulk hand. Oh, for sure. And then boom, I got the hardest part of my uh, Hellboy cosplay done right there. Right. Well, besides the red body paint. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's labor. It's but it's not True, hard yeah. to find. Yeah. True. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, if you want to find any of those, uh, I'll, I'll have you tweet the uh, the art that you did, and maybe we can even oh, yeah, reverse. Sure. Maybe we can even reverse Google search it or have someone well, find no, out who did that. Well, in. I think, do you still have the bag that we had all the stuff in? We'll take a look. We'll, I, we'll see I, if we can find it. Because I had his uh, his business card in one of the bags. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll see if we can find it. And if so, I'll ha- either way, I'll have you post that up on Twitter so we can show everybody. Yeah, for sure. Um, but all the ones that I talked about are already on Twitter. You can follow us if you want to, at Agents of Podcast. Uh, I, I tweeted a bunch of stuff once I finally did have service when we got to the ping pong bar. Yeah. Kind of caught everyone up on what we were going, what we were doing so you can catch up on that and see the art there. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, so like we said earlier, uh, the book we're going to be talking about today is Immortal Hulk 1 through 6 by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. Uh, we have inks by Roy Jose, Paul Mounts on the colors, and then VCs Corey Pettit is the letterer. He's the letterer on the whole run, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then of course we do have the beautiful uh, Alex Ross covers on almost every issue of this, which is a huge selling point. Oh, so for, it's like, a separate uh, cover artist. Yeah, the cover artist, uh, yeah, Alex Ross is, like, the one who does, like, the super hyper-realistic superheroes that look amazing. Okay, is that yeah. pretty typical, to have, like, different cover artists? I mean, one? it's not it's not unusual to have the interior artist do a cover, but it's okay. not the norm, like, it's not expected. I see, Yeah, gotcha. Um, but it's not unexpected, like, it's, you know, it's just usually they're so busy, it's like, oh, you want me to do a cover now? Come on. Oh, yeah. gotcha, yeah. Um, yeah, it covers a lot of work. Yeah, and no, interiors are a lot of work, and then you got to do well, one giant page exactly. on top of that with that's all fancy with like all the ev- all the works. Exactly. Yeah, 
And like that's the one you gotta make pop too. Like like that's gotta be your best, right? And like so, I guess they both take a lot of time. It's just you want to focus on one, oh, so yeah. Because especially like if for a cover, like that can't just be like a half ass, you know. Exactly. You know, not, I've, that, I've, not that interiors can be, but interiors you can do a little bit more, like you know, the smaller. Yeah, it's kind of like detail. It's kind of like a lead guitarist and a rhythm guitarist, right? Oh, but yeah, so the Alex Ross, Alex Ross is still doing the covers on it. Even like I think it, right now it's at issue like thirty or so, and he's done. Uh, cover for every single issue and they're all amazing hmm. um we got a couple of them signed when we saw ellie wing at the convention i got the one signed of uh him st- uh, like you know standing in front of the event or actually on the ground in front of the avengers after they take him out oh yeah it's a it's a really because it's like i, I love it because it's like alex ross drawing the whole modern team of the avengers and i love whenever he gets to do like every character on a cover so i was like oh i gotta get that one yeah that's great yeah so these first six issues are a reintroduction to the hulk for a lot of people because this this book picked up a lot of new readers who weren't reading the Hulk. Just to give some background on where this book starts, because you can jump into this not knowing anything, but they'll catch you up eventually. But one important thing to know that might help with context is right before this book starts, there was an event called Civil War II, which don't go back and read. It's not very good. Um, <laughs> but one important thing that did happen is uh, Bruce Banner was going to turn into the Hulk, and he had like a, a, an agreement that no one else knew about with Clint Barton Hawkeye. Like, if I'm going to turn into the Hulk, I, I have made this special arrow tip for you. It will kill me. Like, I've designed it to kill me and the Hulk. Yeah. Like, shoot it into my head and just let it be over. Like, tr- I'm trusting you with this. Okay. And so Hawkeye, like, when he saw Bruce was about to Hulk, Hulk out, he was like, fuck it, man. I'll do it. You asked me to. And shot him in the head with the thing. Is apparently killing him. Yeah, that's a dick move by Bruce, honestly. Yeah, yeah, come like, on. That's a lot to lay on your friend. That's a heavy ask. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a lot to lay on someone. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it, it, where this book run uh, picks up, pretty much Bruce has been dead and buried. Technically, there was an event where some of the Avengers met him and like let him go, but that's not important for this story. Okay, uh, that's but that's where the Immortal Hulk technically first appeared. It was in a, a book called No Surrender. Okay, uh, but where this picks up, Bruce is basically on the run. He doesn't want people to know that he's alive. He's just trying to lay low and let's like you know have a normal, quiet life. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, the the book opens up with him at, at a gas station. It opens up with like a gas station robbery. One thing that's cool about this book is that it's a very much like a genre piece. Oh, definitely. Like, this is, like, uh, the setup of, like, it, it draws a lot of influence. Oh, my cat just <laughs> jumped on the table. I mean, we got to give him a little credit. He's been lonely for the past three oh, days. Oh, he's going to lay down oh, right on the podcast oh, table. Giddy. You can stay there, bud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, but, yeah, so it opens up, and it draws from a lot of horror influences, what I was going to say, like old school horror movies. Yeah, I loved it. Um, it even draws some influences from the Hulk TV show as well. Uh, because <laughs> You think that's direct? Well, no, yeah, they they Jackie McGee. Oh, the right, right. L- I reporter. thought I thought you meant the quote thing. Uh, well, the, also the quote thing because the the uh, the each issue opens up with like a quote, like on a a white quote on like a black background, like yep. from it's sometimes most of the time it's from a real life person. One like once or twice it's been a uh, a fictional character. Yeah, there was, yeah. There was a um, <laughs> the know, thing that isn't a real person. <laughs> What's that other one? What is that one called? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they had an Uncle Ben quote on there once. So I was like, what? Yeah, that seems like breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it later, but the TV show opens up with like a quote like that. I, yeah. don't, know if, I don't know if every episode does or if multiple ones do, or maybe each season does. I have no idea. It was very we similar. We haven't watched fair enough, but it is it is very similar. Oh, yeah. And with what, the lead character, like kind of the protagonist that we follow, the fish out of water who's like trying to learn things, is a reporter called... Uh, Jacqueline McGee. Jacqueline McGee or Jackie McGee, yeah. Yep. Um, which is a reference to the Incredible Hulk TV show where there's a reporter going after the Hulk called Jack McGee. <laughs> which is just a great name. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> so he is actually calling back to the TV show, which is so it's interesting now that we're able to do both of these at once. That's the advantage of our podcast. I know. I did not expect any, like, Connection, uh, connect- yeah. I did not expect any connections with that show, but that there definitely was. Yeah, that's what's cool about Al Ewing is he has he draws from every source he can find and weaves it in. He's like, you know, this this is all part of the the thing. Like this is Hulk. You I, know? I love that. It too. should all be part of Hulk. Yep. Yep. And so he's he's like all about like making everything kind of continuity or at least giving it a, a place in the story. That's awesome. So it opens up with uh, Bruce Banner's just trying to lay low in, in a gas station. It's it's kind of like the opening setup of a horror movie where there's a robbery and it's about to like go really bad. Yeah. And uh, Bruce t- kind of tries to step in, um, but he you know he's just Bruce Banner. He's puny. He's puny Banner still. Oh yeah. Uh, so he actually gets shot uh, in the head and killed. Yeah. Uh, literally like killed, shot in the head and killed. Yeah. Because so, they they 
put his body in a bag and like bring him out. That's when Jacqueline McGee first arrives. Yep. Uh, kind of trying to investigate what was going on here because she's suspecting that maybe like Bruce Banner like has been sighted. Yeah, there's um, been like some hazy sightings, like none confirmed, but just from like some few eyewitnesses and random right. places. Because I mentioned earlier, the Avengers know that Bruce is alive, but most people, but, especially I mean, the government, doesn't. That's yeah. why they don't they don't tell anyone. I mean, at this point, it's, it'd be no different than someone being like, "I saw Sasquatch. He was in the woods." Right. Exactly. So that's like it's nothing. And Sasquatch, you may see him in the later. Uh, yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of a Freudian slip. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Bruce, like I said, Bruce is literally dead. He gets bagged up, taken to the morgue, yep. uh, which is where, again, horror influence. And this is a great horror scene because right. the body bag in the morgue wakes up. It's like, raw, <laughs> and, like sm- and like they go to investigate the police station later. And there's just a hole in the building. And they're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> that's like, normal. When they find out that the body of the John Doe is gone, that's when uh, Jackie McGee is like, uh, I think that's Bruce Banner. Like he hulked out of the building. Clearly, yeah, yeah, come on, let's connect some dots here. Um, what, what's cool about this version of the Hulk and this run, and w- the Hulk has a lot of different personas. So you're always like, whenever book you read, you read, you might get like a different Hulk personality because he's got like multiple personalities. Essentially, there's different Hulks in his head. Like, uh, I say in this in Al Ewing specifically, or just in the whole. I'm pretty sure no, that, that that's always that, at least since the Peter David Hulk. That's yeah, always yeah. been there's there's like you know Gray Hulk, Joe Fix It. There's Professor Hulk. There's uh pl- you know Planet uh Planet Hulk. Yeah, those are all different personalities. I know that's always one thing that confused me about the characters. Like I never really concretely understood like the separation of the two and like how that like like symbiotic relationship works. Yep. So like Stupid Hulk is one of them. Like Hulk Smash. Like yeah, that's yeah. one of them. Yeah. Sometimes which comes is definitely out. the le- most boring. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the one that the MCU always goes with. So that's the only one people really recognize. Uh, yeah. That's the one all of the movies have really tried to do. No one's done like a Professor Hulk until kind of kind like, of uh, yeah Endgame. In- Endgame, but yeah, but it was mainly just Bruce Banner. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so this this version of the Hulk that we get is very uh, he's very intelligent, very ruthless, and he's got like you know an agenda. He's almost like like kind of like Punisher esque, almost not yeah. quite as like uh, cut and dry as that. I loved it too. And like, there's a part where Bruce Banner is having like an inner dialogue, trying to like describe the diff- like what has changed in the Hulk, and he's you know he's saying how he has like these almost supernatural like intuitive powers, and like it's almost like. Uh, it's like magical thinking. He like explains it yep. like, and I think that's such a cool like addition to that character. Yeah, like, putting in magic lore with it, and we'll build on that as we go through this story. Too. Yeah, like, that's the first hint of it. Really, it's exactly. Like, something weirder is going on here. Yeah, which I think is just such a cool like little like edge on yep, it. You're in the Marvel universe. Go crazy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so uh, Bruce Banner's back on the run, but now Jackie McGee knows she's on the right on the right trail. Yep. Um. He's uh, Hulk. After he smashes out of the prison, is going after the person who actually did the robbery. He's able to find out where he was. It it turns out he was like his first robbery ever, and he like didn't know what he was doing. That's why he was a scared kid. And exactly. The gun, and he yep. was like he was forced to do the robbery like by some other gang members. Yeah, he owed a bunch of debts. Right. Uh. The so, classic, you know. Yep. The guy down on his luck. Um, but then, so this is where the horror movie now becomes Hulk is the monster because yeah. he's, you know, they show him as like the, the, the lead character. And they, I like when they, they do that a lot in this book in general, where they'll shift the perspective away from Hulk because he's about to be the monster of the story. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a good. Like, that's when you know, you're like, all right, let's go. Yeah. It's a great angle. Yep. And, uh, cause he sneaks up on this kid who's like, uh, been sent out again by the, that the people who are making him go out and do robberies to pay them back. Yep. And, uh, he finds him and he's like, oh, like you feel, you feel really tough with that gun. Like you think firing it makes you powerful. Like you think that's what, like how you defend yourself. Yep. And the Hulk's just like looking down at him and there's really great panels. Cause you get the angle. It's like a, like a movie shot where you get the angle from below to show power and like aiming up at him. Yeah. It's like and, POV. Yep. And the guy's asking him like from off screen, like, no, I'm not a bad guy. Right. Like I. <laughs> I, Am I? <laughs> and he's like, what do you think? And then you see the Hulk hand fill the the camera, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you, you find out he's in the hospital, like with every broken bone you can imagine. Yeah, that wasn't gonna end well. No, yeah. So it's like, who? <laughs> I mean, I, he's still alive. And Joe Bennett's really good at uh, body horror. That's why he's a really good choice for this book, especially because... They, um, yeah, it's like Cronenberg at times. Yep. Not only just for like what happens to people uh, in like the gruesome horror like scenes we see, but also like the Hulk transformations themselves. As oh, this yeah. goes on, it gets more and more creative, too, as the Hulk has to like, transform in different situations and whatnot. Yeah, and then later on, like other characters have the similar type deal. Yep. Uh, one thing I really appreciate about this book, too, is that it's written very much in the older style of writing where you were supposed to write a comic and the single issue should be like a whole complete story almost. Exactly. Like yeah. it should be like, you bought this. Here's your story. It's like an anthology. Have a good day. Yeah. That, yep. could, that could be the only one you ever buy. Yep. 
Um, and Immortal Hulk follows that writing style like really well. It doesn't write a lot of pro- people have a problem with like writing for the trade where you have to pad out a story to last six issues, even if it shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Immortal Hulk tells a story in each issue. And so every month it's like an event. It's like, oh, what the hell's going to happen this week? It's awesome. Which I think is a great way to do it, too. It kind of reminded me of uh, you never watched the Hannibal show, did you? Uh, no, I didn't. Because that, that's how the the Hannibal show, um, Mads Mikkelsen played Hannibal. I can't remember what, what TV or channel that was on. But, but people know the show you Yeah, mean, I yeah. love that show. But that's kind of how that show operated. Every episode, you know, there was like uh, like one specific murder that they were investigating. Like with, um, I can't remember the detective's name, but the one from Red Dragon. Sure. And then with like him like being assisted by Hannibal. But then also the, the side plots of like, you know, Hannibal being a serial killer. And then like that, you know, the connection between the two. So it would be then, like a contained plot. Yeah, but right? then every episode would have a murder that they would solve together. Like the murders, the individual episode murders in that show were so like like either creepy or just like super brutal it was awesome right and tv does that uh a lot it's got similar st- storytelling methods oh yeah and a lot of times yeah. a lot of times it can be bad yeah like, no, no you doubt. can do that badly yeah oh yeah <laughs> um but in this it's great because the the second issue is a really really good one as well because it's all about uh this is where we kind of get our our first mention of the green door at least in yeah. this run yeah I, I love this take um there's a scientist who's experimenting with gamma uh mainly because i'm guessing everyone's trying to copy hulk powers exactly yeah <laughs> and uh he has like this serum that he makes and he thinks it'll like you know give you powers or extend your well i think it, what he's mainly trying to get out of the hulk is immortality <laughs> and i like I understand this guy's a scientist, but I feel like this is just the dumbest trope that people do when it comes to radiation. It's like it's like the Family Guy where Adam West tries to like get superpowers and he just goes to a nuclear plant and rolls around in toxic sludge. Right, it's like, just like, oh, you have lymphoma. It's like, oh, I, I, that's that's not good. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in this universe, though, it worked one time. Yeah, but not injecting straight gamma with a needle. No, but what he—he's not trying to be the Hulk, though. What he's trying to do, oh, his true, goals yeah. are all about the immortality. Oh, part. yeah, yeah. He's got a huge like. Yeah, uh, he's mainlining it. Yeah, he's having a big <laughs> existential crisis. He's like, well, I need to like you know finish all my research. I it's I, I can't die now. Like he, so he creates like an what he thinks is an immortality serum. Yeah, because he's recognized like you can't kill the Hulk. He keeps coming back. Yep. Um. So he's he wants to just bring that part of the Hulk and narrow what causes that and just have that. Yep. So so he thinks, okay, this serum is all you need to get the immortality part of it, so this will work. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fucked up part that we'll learn is he tested it on his own son. Yeah. Which is uh, not good. No, well, because was his son sick? Uh, no, he wasn't sick. He mentions that he is a football player. Like, he's going oh, right. to go pro. He wants to make him, like, elite, like, status. Yeah, well, he wants to uh, give him the serum so that, to stop him from getting, like, brain injuries. Injured, yeah. And, um, he specifically mentions brain injuries, so, like, CTE, concussions. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, he's going to give him this serum, hoping that it'll just keep him healthy and, like, you know, like, like you know, while he's getting hit in the head uh, repeatedly all <laughs> <Yeah>. day. Yeah. <laughs> um, this but, is something that NFL should look into. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, why don't they get on this uh, Hulk serum? I mean, I don't, they're not too concerned about the safety of the players, so they can start injecting them with gamma radiation, or maybe just having stop having peak level humans dive into each other with spear helmets. Yeah, that probably be a that decent might be start. a good idea. <laughs> um, but a really good horror part that comes from this though is when he's describing like what happened to his son. Like yeah. after his son gets injected, his like eyes start like his eyes glow green and start bleeding green. Yep. Like from all yeah, over. Yeah, like comes out of his ears and his eyes. It's gross. Yep. And he, all he says is like, "I can see it. I can see below. I see the green door." Yep. And it's like, what the fuck? I know. I love it. Yeah. And so it's, it, a, it's very David Lynchian. Yeah. If you look at this just for, and like don't even think about the Hulk or the Marvel universe. Like this is like the setup of like some kind of like possession or supernatural like story that. You're oh yeah! All of a sudden, here and you're like, whoa! Yeah, holy I, I got shit. I got a lot of Twin Peaks vibes from it. Yeah, it's really it's it like like I said that horror movie influence is like is like that that's what's so good about uh, the Immortal Hulk is that it just leans into that genre. Yeah, exactly. So well, yep. Uh, like hor- horror comics are on a huge upswing right now, and I'm loving. I it. I love it. Yeah, with like between this and like Hill House and all the indie books that I read. Like, I know, and like and now that uh, Lock and Key, the Netflix show, has like been such a hit too. Like that's only gonna add to like the phenomenon. Oh yeah, yeah. Immortal Hulk shows a really good way how to do it. Like make it like w- horror is really good for one offs. I think. Oh, definitely. Because yeah, horror works a lot. Like where the less you see, the more interesting it is. Yep. So one off doesn't like you don't pad it out to explaining everything to me like, and laying everything out. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to get down to every detail. Like right. you, you can do broad strokes, and it'll still be an amazing story. Yeah, like this green door stuff is going to be a slow build throughout like this run. It's yeah, really, exactly. It's really satisfying. Yeah, like they barely from where I'm at right now. Like they barely explained it, but I'm super like intrigued at like what yeah, it could be. You know, it doesn't go somewhere good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
One thing that's interesting is when uh, Jackie McGee is like going around trying to trace down where Banner went. It almost seems like other people are getting like r- like more enraged because of what's ha- like. There's something in the air, or, like yep. in the area, that's causing people to just like not quite Hulk out, but like get angry and start fighting each other over dumb reasons. Yeah, just like high strangeness. Right. So like that. So there's kind of like already people in the area going like, is there something fucked up going on over <laughs> yeah, here? Like what's going on? Not right. And uh, the, the Hulk actually tracks down this professor because, like I said, the Hulk kind of like he finds vendettas. And if you, he thinks that you deserve something like he's going to go out and fucking do it to you. Yeah, it goes back to the whole like how like this new Hulk or whatever since he came back from the dead has like this these weird uh, intuitive whatever. And like he's coming on like these weird synchronicities. Yep. So like he's always like seeming to get to these places at the right time. Yep. Seeking out like almost rage essentially yep. or like remorse or like anger or fear. Yeah. He can like find that. Yeah. It's really cool. And he can also sense gamma disturbances too which is yeah. what, a big one that's popping up which is po- causing these people to freak out. Yeah. It's a very big uh, one. And that's when we learned that not only did he inject his son with the, uh, he, like he thought his son was dead yeah. because he was bleeding from the eyes and then like fell over. Yeah. That's a, usually a sign of death yeah and he, and he didn't want anyone to know about it so he rushed like a funeral buried him he's like it's over <laughs> yeah just freaking did an overnight burial be like yeah. where's our son be like oh he died he's already in the grave oh uh, yeah he went through the green door and he's gone <laughs> what do you want for breakfast uh but that's when the hulk reveals like the really uh upsetting truth which was you know you injected him with immortality serum yeah it worked yep uh he's- and he's sitting six feet underground emitting massive amounts of radiation that is not protected by six feet of dirt yep so that's what's causing people to start hulking out getting more enraged yep, yep. so that's a, it's like almost like a rage radiation yeah, yeah and they even say i think like a, a handful of people had died from like uh radiation sickness too yep. uh so and then also like not even that just add in like the fucking fear of this kid like, oh yeah he just saw like a green door into god knows where yep and now uh, he's buried alive yeah buried alive glowing green like, <laughs> like ah that's a bad time yeah because when when they go to dig him up he's like screaming like help yeah, oh my god it's brutal yeah and so the uh immortal hulk is like he's with this professor and he's like well what do you think you deserve mm-hmm. and he's like no please like I, I just wanted to live like i'm scared of dying please yeah and he's like well, well you're not gonna die don't worry yep you're being you're you know what your son had to do? He was buried alive. Guess what's happening to you? Yeah, he gets like, it's not Sisyphus. It's who's the guy that gets like, uh, where he, he has to like be eaten to death by birds for the rest of the time or oh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's buried like Hulk, you know, he's able to smash his way like down like super deep into the crust. Oh, yeah. And like puts his body there and like s- piles rocks back onto it. Yeah, that guy's not in for a good time. Nope. I mean, I imagine maybe he'll eventually be crushed by rocks. But, oh, he'll he'll die eventually. Yeah, but it's not going to be a good time. <laughs> no. So that, that's what I mean. Like we get like that whole like complete story all in issue two, right? Yeah, there. it all like, wraps that, up. It all wraps up there, and you're like, oh, like even if you just read that one, you're like, that was fucked up. I, but what's, yeah, that's cool. But then what's interesting is that it actually ends up coming back later on in the book too. It does, yeah. And, it, well, and they, all the green door stuff is set up, right? Yep. Well, and uh, the kid they dig up too. Oh, you're right. It does. Yeah. This uh, this green door and this mysterious force seems to be seen by more than one person because this per- this kid who was injected by the serum isn't the only one who's mentioning these kind of things. Yep. Uh, Jackie McGee is again, you know, two steps behind Banner on and Hulk on his trail, kind of just trying to pick together the clues of like different like massive disaster scenes that the Hulk causes. Yeah. No, I, this was a really cool issue. Yeah. Issue number three is told in an interesting style. Yeah, because um, it's because uh, you know, th- she's reporting people that were eyewitnesses to Hulk and and they're all describing them differently because as eyewitnesses reports are not reliable so they're all report like describing them differently and the artist actually like did it all this one has changing artists yeah Yeah, it's like different oh it's different artists for each one i believe so yeah let me look it up oh that's awesome yeah this one had uh, a group of different artists because each person had a different perspective and a different art style so joe bennett tells like the one that's basically just the real world you know that that's what is it that's what is okay um and then but we also have guest artists who come in to tell the other people's perspectives uh those guest artists being uh leonardo romero drawing the first one paul hornschmeyer telling the bartender's story the guy with the mustache i believe yeah yeah uh marguerite savage did the uh did the old lady story (laughs) and then That's probably my favorite one. Yeah, where she's remembering everyone young and handsome, like James Dean. <laughs> yeah, and he, he's doing like a, almost like a love rock opera. Yep. It's like, I'm hot shot. Yeah, it's like, he looked just like James Dean. It's like, it's the power of love. 
And then the priest story was actually uh, Gary Brown, an artist who I really like, who does uh, uh, Baby Teeth as well. Oh, sick. Um, by Donny Cates. That's another book I highly recommend. Yeah, I got to check that out. Um, so it's kind of cool how they... And sometimes uh, it's cool that they bring in other guest artists to do the different styles, because that's a hard thing to pull off. Um, you, I've seen it only in one case where Joe Quinones and Dial H for Hero, uh, as part of the bit for that that book it's all about like heroes like of like you you play a different hero every day so you have to keep drawing new ones okay and so he did like a bunch of heroes in different art styles like different famous art styles like uh-huh. mike bignola and like oh, alex sick. ross and yeah um so like he, he like that was really talented um but it's usually a lot easier and a lot simpler to just have other artists because then you get a distinct style for the whole. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, because I mean, when Joe Quinones did it, he did it like for characters. But this is like a whole different, you know, buildings and style and yeah, colors. Ex- exactly. Yeah, just the whole environment. So doing a whole different art team is the way to do it for this because Definitely. then you get like the whole different world. Yep. Because then it's literally what you're describing in the story. It's someone describing something like in their perspective. Right. And you can kind of piece together the parts that you think are what actually happened oh, and the parts that are yeah. bullshit. Definitely. Um, and you can kind of. I guess everyone can have their own take on it, but that's what that's what Jackie McGee is doing. She's exactly, like, well, yeah. okay, I guess what parts of this do I believe? Which makes it all more cooler. Yep, and then we get more Green Door references because basically this story is all about uh, a minor Hulk villain called Hotshot. He shoots like laser guns out of his hands. Yeah. Uh, he is uh, starting a rampage because he is like panicking about like a Green Door that he uh, is having dreams about and seeing. Yep, and his girlfriend or someone is in trouble. Yeah. And so Hulk shows up, and they have a battle, and it's described from all these different perspectives like we talked about. Yeah. Yeah, because it's cool, because uh, like when the woman's describing it, she's describing him like he was uh, so handsome, like James Dean, and it, it's the scene is, you know, he's like professing this great love, and she's in danger, and she needs help from God and like and the church, and like meanwhile in the background, like the priest is like, all right, like the cops are here, like we can work this out, and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and like and like it, they don't quite add up, but then once you get the rest of the story from the other perspectives, you're like, oh, this is something totally different. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's really clever. Yeah. But yeah, so Hulk shows up, he smashes, takes out Hotshot. I mean, we knew that was going to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but then with the we go back to the... Uh, the detective. The Joe Bennett art, back to real life, where they're going back to find his girlfriend who was kidnapped and find her body. Yeah. And it's gruesome, because her whole skin is green, like Hotshot. And yeah, it's almost... I don't know if that's how it was to begin with, maybe. Could be, um, yeah. But it's her, probably just an effect of the radiation. That could be it, too. But her neck is twisted, and on the wall is written, Green Door. I wonder that that could be a subtle exorcist reference, like the green skin and the head turned around oh, 180 be. degrees. It definitely could be. <laughs> But yeah, um, it, it looks brutal. Yeah, Joe Bennett could just be drawing from different, uh, you know, horror movie, uh, you know, references and whatnot. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so all all we get is this because now they know about like all this Green Door stuff too. The Hulk already knew about it, but now she's like, "Well, Green Door, what the hell? Are, you know, what's going on here?" Yeah, it's definitely a key point. She actually gets a call on her phone from someone who's actually on the same trail and might be able yeah, to yeah. help her out. Actually, give her some resources, which is. Walter Lankowski, who is a Marvel character uh, originally from Alpha Flight, uh, first appeared in X-Men 120, um, which I know because I'm going through and reading the classic X-Men stuff. Oh, nice. Uh, slowly, but I'm getting through it. It's a hefty run. Oh, yeah, bad. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I really, I, I was really interested by this guy. He was a cool character. Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's the Sasquatch, so he is a Sasquatch man. It's pretty simple. Yeah, Turns it's a in- really cool uh, like concept art for him. Oh, yeah. And uh, But what's cool is Al Ewing's tying in. It, maybe this already was a tie-in, or maybe Al Ewing invented this. I'm actually not sure, because I, I don't have a ton of Alpha Flight uh, the, history. The relationship with them? Yeah, like how much uh, he was a Hulk character before. Because he was never a Hulk character, he doesn't okay. appear in the Hulk. Like I mean, he, he might have had references in the Hulk, but he had his own book. He had Alpha Flight, and he was originally in the X Men. Okay, um, he was basically a part of Canada's Avengers, um, which had a bunch of other people. Sasquatch being like the heavy hitter of the group. Yeah, yeah, he's um, their Hulk. Yeah, so now now Alpha Flight serves as kind of like an international space station, almost Justice League. Yeah, I know nothing about that, but it seems like a cool idea. Yeah, so like Captain Marvel's a, p- a part of that. Yep, Carol's the leader oh, of the sick. team. Yeah, uh, yeah, I should check that out. So Carol even shows up for parts of this yeah. run. Uh, Walter Lankowski's calling her because he's on the same trail. Like his powers come from a gamma source as well, so he's been researching what's been going on. Yeah, his origin's cool. How he was like in the Arctic Circle, and it was like the radiation kind. Of, not yep, like, like I said, from Canada. Yeah, yeah, not mm-hmm. specifically the aurora uh, borealis, but like just that kind of like uh, atmospheric radiation. Well, type he's telling thing. the story. He says he goes up there for like the beauty and like the seclusion yeah. and just to like yeah, go back they home. Said, yeah. and they did it because like if by chance he hulked out he like didn't want to hurt anyone so they yeah. went to a super secluded He's, area if he squashed out yeah <laughs> so no yeah that was right so it was like what i can't remember the what's the name of like that uh mythical entity or whatever uh, yeah there's a, a sp- 
spirit called Tanarak. Who, that was it. Uh, this this is a reference to an older story, I believe, that that I haven't read. Where uh, the Alpha Flight gets, I think it's from Alpha Flight, where uh, a portal opens up to what they call like the land of great beasts. Which okay. I looked it up. It's never really established on besides that story. It's just kind of meant okay. to be like a supernatural threat. That's so cool Al- Alley Wing's taking that little thread right there and being like, let's pull on this one. What yeah, was that? I yeah. like that idea. Let's yep. explore it. Oh, yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, because then you can if I mean unless they had something there in place already, which they they had something, but it definitely it was vague. Oh, so yeah. you can like build on top of that. Yep. So he even mentions like, yeah, I was possessed by this spirit called Tanarak who came from this land of beasts and like it possessed me for a while, but I killed it and now I'm back in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we find out is kind of a lie. Yeah. Uh, because he's been seeing it in the mirror and getting green door dreams just like everyone else is. Yep. Well, and he even says, like, when he first, like, had the transformation, he saw, like, a green door. Like, oh, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, when he was in the Aurora Borealis, there's really good yep. art where he's, like, in at, at nighttime in the sky, and he sees a green door floating, and he's like, I didn't know what it was, but, like, I, I looked into it, and it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they even, he's describing his origin to uh, to Jackie, too, while they're driving, and it's kind of a cool-looking thing, because he sits in a chair kind of almost like the Incredible Hulk TV show. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is maybe a reference to an older comic, too, yeah. but uh, they could be pulling from the same thing. But either way, it looks just like the chair he sits in in the show where he leans back and, and gets his powers. Yeah, the weird, like, uh, upside-down machine. Right, and he mentions that he went to school with Bruce Banner, um, yeah. even though it's kind of the same deal we got in issue three where he's definitely telling it from his perspective. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bruce Banner's just like the biggest They make dick. him a dick, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I'm, I don't know, I want to be the smart one, and you can't be smart he's because like, I want to be smart. He's like, you can't be a jock and a scientist. Right. It's like, you're just a jock and that's all people care about you for right which may, like jesus and there may be some truth to that but i doubt that's what he said yeah i don't <laughs> yeah. think bruce banner was that petty i mean maybe he was a little immature in those well, days right but... there, yeah th- those feelings might have been something he felt but it's never something he'd say to someone's face or like think, yeah. that was probably like feelings that uh, uh yeah that, that, that's he, right. that, Linkow- that linkowski yeah. believed he thought yeah, it's he walter believed. projecting like what, yeah. what he thought banner thought of him onto him and telling Ex- the story exactly yeah uh, but they're going again onto the trail of uh, carnage caused by the Hulk, uh, a bunch of smashed cars and shit. And then yep. Lankowski's like, yeah, we're trying to track this down. Like, I'm the next best game expert you got. So, yeah. Uh, Walter Lankowski actually gets stabbed during a uh, a bar altercation, which is, again, people are kind of like, it seems like rage uh, is kind of like starting to peak in areas where the Hulk goes through. Yeah, this is almost like a... Uh like a safely driving through an intersection and gets t-boned out of nowhere scene in a movie right um so maybe the people raging out has less to do with the 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 radioactive boy and more to do with hulk himself like the people around the hulk are getting angrier because it seems to follow him because when they're at this bar they're not anywhere near that radioactive body unless maybe that organization is there but well and i mean i don't know like the whole everything that like happens in this run or through these books but i mean it could be something I it, could, it's definitely yeah it's meant to set up something yeah i could see it being like something where with wherever hulk is like his the radiation that he emits like makes that veil between those dimensions like thinner so like yeah, that, it, it makes it makes the the green door more like closer to our like dimension or whatever right so and like, they're feeling the effects of it yeah, yeah so like everyone like they can't see it but like unconsciously they feel that that threshold is like thinner than usual yeah i like that take yeah uh but walter gets stabbed and you'd think okay he got stabbed time to sasquatch out yeah time to squatch out yep um but that, no- that's, that's a bad one squatch out <laughs> time to squatch out <laughs> sounds like you're about to take a dump well i don't know uh but yeah he just gets stabbed and just kind of like dies yeah but he's not dead he gets rushed to the hospital well, but yeah he'd be pretty much pretty just, much the same thing wants that Bruce to die did. Yeah, yeah it seems like he's like why didn't he turn like yep and we find out he didn't turn because he might may not have gotten rid of that demon because he anytime he looks in the mirror he sees the Sasquatch and it's like looking back at him with red eyes yeah, talking it, about green doors yeah and it like wants to get the fuck out yep and because uh, he was he there's a flashback where he's talked to by Carol and Carol says like you've been Sasquatch for a while which is probably a reference to Alpha Flight where he was just yep. always Sasquatch yeah it's like we haven't seen Carl in a long time like what's up <laughs> yeah and uh, he's like all right fine I'll, I'll switch um and so he becomes and, and this was another uh, body gore thing yep because he switches back into him and it's super disgusting. Yeah, you see just, the whole transition. Just in massive pain. He's like, man, that was that's getting a lot harder than it used to be. Right, and so that's what scares him. That's why he doesn't turn into Sasquatch when he gets stabbed. Yep. Uh, but then he's in the hospital, and uh, Bruce Banner is kind of like picking up that they're here. 
Uh, yeah, this was a cool moment. Yep, because he like like he mentions earlier, like the Hulk can track Gamma. Mm-hmm. So if Walter's here, he's gonna know about it. Oh yeah. Uh, so he shows up at the hospital like inconspicuous, and because Jackie even has a line, she's like, "Man, if only I could find Bruce Banner." And then like next panel, he sits down next to he's her. He's like, "Well, you did good it. timing." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he and he tells him like, "Listen, I'm not the man you're looking for. Like, mm-hmm. I think Walter is like fucked up. I think he's possessed by something." Yep. Um, and which we find out is true. Like he's seeing things in the mirror when he when he actually does end up turning into the Sasquatch, the demon actually does take over. Like, it's the evil Sasquatch now. Yeah, and this is a cool use of uh, lettering, too, because they, uh, what's his name? Corey Pettit? Yeah, like, he makes it uh, like all the font is like super like scraggly and like all like demonic and everything. Yeah, no, it's a good way to distinguish that this is a new person. Yeah. Yeah, this is the one below all. Yep. Yeah. Um, God, that's such a badass title. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um... But yeah, so he, that's where we leave that issue off with the cliffhanger of, oh, now we have Demon Sasquatch in a crowded hospital, and <laughs> Bruce Banner's here. Very bad. Yeah, but now we're about to get a, a hospital battle. Yep. Uh, and Bruce Banner tells Jackie, he's like, you got to tell everyone to get out of here, because shit's about to go bad right now. <laughs> yep. And she's like, well, no one's going to believe me. And he's like, oh, they will in a second. <laughs> yeah, I think the screaming will help. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been reading all the quotes that open up every issue because I do. I want a little bit, you know. You should when you go back and read this. It's kind of like a cool impact to read it for the first time. But one I do like to. One I think that was a cool way to open up five issue five after that cliffhanger was the quote that we get is uh, um, from uh, the classic movie, uh, or I think it might be from the book that uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. And oh, it's uh, by the book. Uh, the quote is uh, the the devil had been caged and he came out roaring. It's oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. that's badass, <laughs> given the context of what just happened. Right. Um, because now uh, Bruce Banner is turned into the Immortal Hulk, and he goes up to Lankowski, and he's like, Lankowski, you're not yourself. Like, something's taken over. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, it's it's something good. You're going to like it. Yeah, so you're really going to like it. Yeah, and when the, the fucked up part is when they're fighting, like, Immortal Hulk mostly has the upper hand because he's the Immortal Hulk. But yeah. then something, like, freaks him out when he's holding Sasquatch up against the window. In the reflection, and this is something we've noticed, in the reflection, you always see, like, your other. Yep. Um, like, when Bruce Banner looks in the reflection he always sees the mortal hulk mm-hmm. um but when he looks at sasquatch in the mirror he sees his father like yep. bruce banner's father yeah uh and for a little bit of background you get this in the issue not a great too. guy uh yeah he was an abusive fuck uh he there's a classic scene in the Dave in the um peter david run where like Bruce Banner's, like, building a whole, like, town, like, a whole train set thing, because he's, like, a genius. Oh, yeah. And his dad's like, well, you got all these toys out, like, all this bullshit, like, I have to clean all this shit up, and (laughs) and he's, like, not impressed with any of the ingenuity that this kid just showed, he's just a, you know, piece of shithead. what a dick. Yeah, and then, like, um... So he has a lot of traumatic memories uh, centered around his dad, so that's kind of, like, the one thing, like... When didn't he, like, try to kill his mom or something? I'm not totally sure about that. that I think I think he referenced that at one point in this in this book, but I can't remember specifically. That seems on character. Yeah. Um, But then, so it's kind of talking through his voice now, and he's like, "Wait, how is this happening?" Like, you know, you're you're not gonna try to trick me with like I'm not puny Banner. I'm the Hulk. You're puny. Yeah. So it kind of does get to him, and he's like getting defensive now. Yep. Uh, oh, I have one line I forgot to call out, too, is when he turns into the Hulk. Uh, it's be like, like Lankowski takes the first move and oh, yeah. cuts Bruce Banner's throat. Yep. He's like, no, you're going to die today. And like we know, yeah. that, we know at this point Obviously. that's not going to do anything. No. Um, but Bruce, and he's like, does it hurt to die? And as, as Bruce Banner's falling, he's like, it always hurts. Yep. And then as he, as he bleeds out and dies, he turns into the Hulk and Hulk like punches him in one panel. And he's like, and when you hurt, when you hurt Banner, I take it personal. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I love when they're on the same team. It's right. awesome. I know, it's like sticking up for the little guy. Yep, I love that. He is able to take Lankowski out, but it is kind of implied by the end of the issue. When he looks in the mirror, he sees his dad again. So now yep. whatever was taking over Lankowski is in him. Is, is jumped. Yep, it's yep. jumped into him. Yeah, that was another brutal body gore moment. Like Hulk literally just like sucks the gamma out of Lankowski. Oh, yeah, he's like, like I control gamma. That, yeah, it's crazy. Come here. <laughs> Yeah, issue issue number six slows things down a little bit. That was yeah. essentially the the end of like what I think that story was. Issue and issue six is not bad by any means. It's just, it's, oh, just, no, it's, it's a, a nice setup. it's a nice kind of like break between the two arcs. Oh yeah, which sets up some really cool stuff at the end too. Yep, definitely. And especially right after the wake of the possession, it's nice to take things a little bit slower and go through his daily life because he sees how things are like slightly different now. Oh yeah. Um, because when he looks in the mirror, he still sees Hulk, but Hulk is like freaking out and he's pissed. Yeah, he's and like he, trying to break out of the like the mirror. Yeah. He He's smashing the mirror and then literally actually does crack the mirror. Yeah, it's like the same thing that Lankowski was experiencing. Yep, and then Bruce like looks at it, he's like, oh, he actually cracked the mirror. Yeah. Uh, that's new. I should probably uh, be worried about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but he, he keeps seeing his dad in in the reflection mm-hmm. and he mentions like a one really cool take I, I that Al Ewing has here is he uh, Bruce Banner's having inner thoughts saying like well I've tried a bunch of different ways to communicate with the Hulk we've tried yeah this is a cool like callback yeah we've tried telepathy we've tried uh, ancient magics we've tried all sorts of things but sometimes I think the easiest way to do it is just to take a pen put it down on a blank piece of paper, close my eyes, and let my subconscious take over. Yeah, it's automatic writing. Yep. Which is a, it's a thing that's been used a lot. So Hulk is able to like write out what he thinks just by Banner doing it mindlessly and his subconscious takes over. Yeah. And Hulk writes out And this, this is, again, like a classic horror movie trope, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, in any ghost or paranormal movie, this is a big thing. Oh, really? okay. That, yeah. yeah automatic or that. possession stuff a lot of the time, too. Oh, right like automatic writing. Cool. And uh, so, yeah, he writes out the word home and mm-hmm. Banner's like home. Like, why do you want us to go home? Like, yeah, he's like, where is home? Yeah. <laughs> like, where is it even? And uh, we also get some Lankowski wrap up as well, because yeah. like, Lankowski, uh, what the fuck, man? Yeah. What happened, dude? <laughs> yeah, He's back on the Alpha Flight satellite and uh, Carol, Captain Marvel shows up and she's like, are you fit for doing anything? Because that was kind of fucked up. Yeah. And uh, like the the government like wants you like for for all of that like they like they use the word execution. Yeah, you killed people. <laughs> um, yeah, and the re- and the people who Carol's hearing from, we end up seeing some setup for them as well. It's basically General Ross's new group. General Ross is not a part of it anymore. He's yeah. actually over in the Coates Captain America book. De- What's the name of it? I know, like, their building or their organization, like, they're at the Shadow Base. But wh- what was the name of, like, their organization? Uh, I don't think they specifically said. All the, the only thing they actually, like, specifically said was Shadow Base. Yeah, I think it's just called Shadow Base. But he's gotcha. ta- he's taken over for General Ross on, like, anti-Hulk duties. Yeah. And he has gone yeah, all it, out. It's kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, like, uh, Men from Nowhere, that Ant Farm type deal. Oh, yeah. Da- I definitely got Doom Patrol vibes oh, from yeah, this. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, for sure. Because the- he has these oracles. Yeah, th- they're called monitors. Yeah, yeah, monitors. That's what they're called. And they had looks like their eyes have been gouged out, and they're hanging upside down from the ceiling connected to wires to computers. Yeah, they're like bats. Yeah, and they're, like, you know, making call-outs about, like, movements and shit like that. Yeah, like, they have a camera on... Uh, Je- uh, is that She-Hulk? The Jessica? Uh, no, that that was actually uh, Betsy Ross. Oh, or not really? Betsy Ross. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that was Betty Ross. That was uh, Hulk's ex-wife, okay. um, General Ross's daughter. Yeah, like they they have a bunch of surveillance on a bunch of people that were you know connected to Hulk and right. were big parts of his life. And these monitors aren't like scary, spooky people. They seem kind of normal because one of them even says like, "Should we be watching Betty yeah. Ross? Like this is our old boss's daughter. Yeah, like, this, this seems weird. This seems a little creepy." Yeah, and then uh, fourteen comes in and he's like, "You've been relieved." to duty like you're getting too personal yeah, like it, anything to stop the hulk yeah, it seems like this job's too much for you right and uh so general 14 is taking things very seriously apparently yeah and we find out he even has that the, that boy who got dug up the immortal boy yeah uh the immortal boy the immortal what, boy that's what i'm calling him now <laughs> the immortal boy it, it has a ring to it, it. fits yeah it's on theme if it fits it's it <laughs> um yeah so they actually have him in a tank like abe sapien and yeah, hellboy yeah. and they're studying the gamma effects with him and yep. using and he's like screaming in the tank like Aah. yeah not having a good time no so yeah he's uh lived a rough life since his day like, <laughs> yeah. I, honestly the cte may have been better oh for sure <laughs> definitely or maybe just don't play maybe just play baseball yeah Baseball, yeah, they're Anything. both fine. Oh yeah. So yeah, we get introdu- uh, an introduction to them, and they're the ones basically calling for Lankowski's execution. Yeah. What I'm guessing their plan is is to get him arrested, stage like some kind of breakout. They want him to flip. Well, or like, or I think they want him in the lab. Is my theory. Oh, okay, I got you. If they got this other guy. In oh, the lab, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. They could say want more of them. Right. Yeah. So, but I, but they're officially calling for his arrest and maybe his execution. Yeah. But I think at that point, they'd probably just put him in shadow base, be like, well, we don't know what happened. Oh, for sure. Superhero escape. Yep. And so Captain Marvel's like, you know, they said that the only way that they're not going to arrest you and take you in is if we bring, like, if I bring in Banner. Yeah, we'll give him, give him compensation. Right. And and Alpha Flight, like, they're all around him and, like, they're like, well, Carol, like, you're really powerful. You're the strongest one of all of us. But even if we help you, like, is Alpha Flight going to be able to go down and take out the Hulk? Like, yeah. Better, like, better people have tried. Yeah, she's like, well, uh, like, me alone, no, but I know some people who could help. Yeah, she's like, I, I have another team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, and then when you read that, you're like, oh, like, who shit. could it be? <laughs> I and wondered. The, and the issue ends with uh, Banner walking down the road and Carol flies by. And he's like, oh, Carol, it's been a while. Like, I haven't seen you. Like, what's going on? Yeah, where like, you to pop in? Yeah, she's like, oh, I got bad news. Like, And he's like, you've left me alone all this time. What's changed? And yep. she's like, well, quite honestly, your rope's run out. Yeah. And then all so it's like you had a lot of goodwill, but like the, there's a new Avengers now and like your ropes kind of getting close to the end. Yep. And so and then all the Avengers fly in, which is this is Jason Aaron's team. Yeah. OK. I uh, gotcha. Yeah. So it's Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, uh, 
Black Panther. So wait, that was She Hulk. She Hulk was there. She was. She wasn't. She she was uh, just herself. But though. that that's Jess. Because because yeah, Bruce that even, was Bruce even uh, does a Shakespeare. He's like a two Jess. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's actually in the next issue, I think. But yeah. No. Oh yeah, that wasn't six. You're right. Um, but the uh, but yeah, she's she's not the Hulk yet. Uh, Thor just carries her in as he flies in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Black Panther's on the team. We actually have uh, Robbie Reyes, uh, Ghost Rider, uh, which is Jason oh, Aaron's edition okay. of the team. Gotcha. And then yeah, I saw uh, Ghost Rider. I just didn't know which one it was. Right. And then obviously uh, Captain Marvel. So it's like this yeah. is a, a powerful team. Like this, oh, they yeah. brought the big guns. Yeah. So that's where we'll leave uh, this episode here for for the Immortal Hulk one through six because issue seven is going to be. The Hulk versus the Avengers, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for that. So we'll we'll definitely be following up on that next week. We're, next week we're gonna read actually issues uh, seven through thirteen, uh, because thirteen wraps up a cliffhanger that ends it. That the, ends is 12. that the, is that the end of the book then, or is there still more? No, there's more. It's still it's still. Well, going. no, of like of that specific book. I'm oh the like, hardcover. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah, because it's sure. over. I can't remember. It's a little over halfway through. Yeah, I can't remember how they print it, but I, that would be a good place to end it because it wraps up a cliffhanger in twelve. I mean, all all of Immortal Hulk, like I mentioned, is written very one offy. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of stop at any point or pick it up at any point, but I okay. think that'd be a clean place to do it. Gotcha. Um, but I, I, but I mean, because I, we need to, we can't do it too fast, or else we'll run out of issues. This is yeah. an ongoing book. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll definitely come back to this once there is more we can dig into, like in chunks. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, want to. This, yeah, this is uh, and Al Ewing will cover more of his books too because Al Ewing is one of my favorite writers. Yeah, he's great. This uh, is a great introduction to him for me. And I'm glad this that he's doing so well with this. This book was outselling Batman at, at one point. It's yeah, amazing. it seems like it's really popular. It's extremely popular. Yeah, um, like you, the number one of this of this run costs like a ton of money right now. Really? First printing, yeah. Wow. Uh, and you know his other books are are really good too. Al Ewing also writes Ultimates, which is one of my favorite team books ever. That's got Carol oh, yeah, in it yeah. as well. Okay. Uh, Al Ewing is one of the best like uh, writers of like uh, Black Panther too that I've seen. Hmm. Uh, Black Panther is really good in that run. Uh, he also writes uh, New Avengers, and, which is really good. A whole a really good run of Agent uh, a Loki Agent of Asgard, which is badass. Which is like Loki oh, doing damn. like heist shit and that like on awesome. Earth. It's so cool. That's sick. Um. So yeah, definitely. I I would do. I at one point just did a whole Al Ewing. Re- Reading order on Marvel Unlimited. I was oh, just like, awesome. what's the first Marvel book he did? And I just fucking went through the list. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and it was it was all worth reading. Hell yeah. So I highly recommend all that. Um, but yeah, we'll be talking about Immortal Hulk 7 through 13 next week. But now <laughs> we get to talk about the Immortal Hulk TV show. Yeah, the Immortal Hulk TV show. The Incredible Hulk. Oh, the Incredible Hulk TV <laughs> show. Yes, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't immortal yet. No, it no. was the Mortal Hulk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the very Mortal Hulk. <laughs> yes. The, the angry over stupid things, Hulk. We'll talk about it. So, yeah, this is the classic uh, Immortal Hulk. I keep doing that. This is the classic Incredible Hulk uh, TV show that you probably all know. The Lou Ferrigno one where they paint his skin green. Yeah. If you were wondering which one we're talking about here, it's that. It's the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the big one. The We watched the first pilot episode just to get a taste of it. And it was... Uh, there's parts of it that are certainly incredibly dated. Um, you can't hold that much against it. I don't think. I don't think that's fair. Oh, and no, it is no, TV no. too, especially. It's not a dated movie. It's dated TV. That's exactly. Even worse budget wise and dated network TV at that. But there are certain things I do think work. Just to open it up, because I think that there's an aesthetic to it that almost the Immortal Hulk does take from this show. Oh, which yeah. Which is like that, almost like a horror vibe. Like yep. it's shot almost like a horror movie too, with the kind of these like dim settings and like the music, especially yes. too. It's like the low synthesizer. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, the music is probably like what gave me a lot of those vibes as well. Oh yeah. Um, so he takes a lot of those tones, and that's that, that's a really good way to do a Hulk, a Hulk thing. Because there's even a scene that opens the the episode where he walks up to this girl fishing in the river, which is a Frankenstein it's a, reference. Yeah, classic Frankenstein. Uh, from the classic movie, and he goes up and he's like, Hur! yeah, <laughs> and she's like, oh no, yeah. And it comes up later in the episode, and it is an interesting exchange. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, most of that, sadly, it is a kind of a slow moving episode. I think probably it picks up later because. We get a, almost too much uh, Bruce Banner. I'm pretty sure there's no word spoken until about 10 or 15 minutes Oh, in. there's an absurdly long intro where it's, it's like... It's very awkward. There's like a whole montage of him and his wife like skipping through meadows yeah, and like walking. Like having picnics and going on uh, Sunday drives. Not a single line is spoken. Yeah. So but then it, as it, they're driving, their car hits a flat tire and flips over. Yeah, this show, uh, in the first episode, there's two different uh, instances of two separate people... Or two separate occurrences car of, crashes, of just yeah. ta- of, no, not not just car crashes, but just car tires like uh, spontaneously exploding. Yeah, did Speed Racer come through here with his Caltrops? Right, like <laughs> just tires made shoddy. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, I, at one point, I was even like, "Is this like some Green Door supernatural like 
Final Destination shit? Like, is there yeah. someone in the grassy knoll sniping tires? <laughs> right. Like, what's happening? <laughs> um, but yeah, so his, his wife dies in this accident. He has this trauma because he tried to lift up the car, or yeah. like the car door to get her out of it. Yeah, because And he was wasn't trapped. strong enough. Yeah. He was like lifting. Which is kind of a cool like setup. Especially like, for the Hulk. It's like, I wanted like, to be strong. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. strong enough. And now that I'm the Hulk, like I'm more than now strong Now I'm only enough. strong. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a good take for it, and now that's why he's doing all this biology research. He's interviewing a bunch of people who uh, there's like this is a real life phenomenon where yeah. if your kid or like your loved one is trapped in like a or even just yourself too, like in moments of like severe like uh, tra- survival, like, yeah, uh, survival trauma, like people can do like incredible, like, incredible, of yeah, yeah. People that, have like lifted cars yeah, off of people that should not be possible. Yeah. So yeah, this is a real life phenomenon that they're oh, drawing yeah. for. So that's a cool way to do it too. Like yeah, like, it's a cool like tie-in. Have a comic book kind of like pull on that where it's like this is the research that started it all. Yeah. So they're trying to narrow down what happened, and of course, uh, and because okay, he's trying to figure out the physics of it, like how do you actually get the stronger part of it? Yeah, and he and he's wrestling with like, well, if these people did it, why couldn't I? Yep. That's, like that's like I big... love I loved my wife. Why didn't I get this? Burst that's the of big one. It's like, yeah. did I not love her enough? Like, why couldn't I lift it? These guys all lifted it. Yeah. So then it, you know, he finally ends up because the whole time me and Paul are like so are they making this an adrenaline thing or like what's happening but then it ends up being well yeah they have radiation machines and like they're biology experts yeah well then he ends up making the discovery that uh, he starts looking at gamma radiation on like specific dates and like he looks up the dates of these accidents where these people did like these feats of strength and of course, the gamma radiation was very high. And then he looks at when he and his wife had the crash, and of course, it was very low. So he's like, "Well, there's the answer." Yeah, and they find the answer by like zooming in to a million, which they <laughs> never tried. Okay, <laughs> and on on this uh, microscope, they literally looks like they just put a piece of scotch tape over like the fi- the max power, and they just wrote in a million. Yeah, they never tried just zooming in more. Yeah, they're like, "We've tried everything. Oh wait, we could just look at it closer." Uh, you know, this zooms in again, right? It's oh like, fuck! No way. There's a higher setting. Let's do. <laughs> It. Oh, there it is. That, that's a pretty big oversight. So uh, Br- Bruce is, or sorry, he's called David Banner in the show, which is frustrating. Yeah, we didn't make this clear either if, if people are unaware. It's not Lou Ferrigno that plays David Bruce. Bruce David Banner. No, I don't think most people think that because there's no way because he'd be like a giant David Banner. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's played by a guy named Bill, Bill diff- Bixby. Yeah, yeah, two different people. Which I mean, it was kind of smart what they ended up doing. The actor Bill Bixby is like I don't know how tall he is, but he can't be very tall. So he's a really scrawny dude. And then they when he goes Hulk and Lou Ferrigno playing him, it obviously it still doesn't look great. But well, it's, without special effects, that's the only way to do it. it yeah. For what they had at their disposal, it was a decent right decent try. Yeah, because they they don't have CGI exactly. Yeah. But he decides that he's going to, like, you know, expand on this and expand that, you know, molecule or whatever that he found that gives you the powers. Uh, Or, like, he tries calling the doctor he works with once, and then he... Uh, she doesn't pick up. Goes and, to voice, and he's like, "Yeah, forget it then." Yeah, and goes and does the whole thing himself. He doesn't like. You don't want to call twice. Yeah, you know, you don't want to have any like uh, any assistance when you're shooting straight gamma radiation into your fucking head. Right, and she calls him <laughs> back, but he's already like strapped to yeah. the thing, which pulls him upside down and like up to a million danger. Yeah. And of course, uh, he sets it to three hundred thousand units, but then the machine goes wonky and goes up to like a million. Yeah, but then he gets out and he's fine. And he's like, "See, it worked." I'm, like, oh. I'm fine. No, and the funniest part was. So before he gets into the machine, he goes up to like this hospital gurney and tries lifting it. And it's just the most pathetic attempt. So when he gets out of the machine, it's like, oh, let's see how strong I am. And he goes and he like just wimply. Still can't lift up a bed. It's a hospital bed, dude. Come on. No one's that weak. So he's like, ah, well, that failed. Uh, but yeah, so he's on his way home thinking he's a, a big freaking failure. And then, uh, here comes the chain of events of just misfortune. He walks out of the science lab and it's pouring rain. He's in a white jacket, no umbrella. Yeah, and then he's driving and his tire goes out again. This time yeah. he doesn't go off the road. He's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, he's all pissed yeah. off. And this is the funniest part. His, this is where we get our first Hulk transformation. This is his first Hulk and, transformation. And the thing that makes him angry enough to turn into the Hulk is he has to change his tire in the rain. Yeah, he's like fumbling with the tire jack trying to <laughs> unscrew the lug nuts and they oh keep slipping out of his hands. He's just like, ah, ah, like, I'm so angry. I mean, I, I feel that. Oh, I mean, no, for sure. I'd be changing my tire. I'd be like, this is my life. Why is this happening? God it, damn it. It's just such an unentertaining story. Like when people like later down the road, it's like, oh, well, when did you first discover you were the Hulk? It's like, oh, well, I was just stuck in a rainstorm and I couldn't change my tire. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, have you ever had to change your tire manually in the pouring rain? Uh, yeah, I'd, it makes someone very angry. I would, I would Hulk out too. <laughs> yeah, so he turns into the Hulk because he doesn't want to change his tire. Yeah. And then he just smashes the car as the Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> cars do not. Hulk get actually a, looks pretty good right here. It actually does because that I'm, they did a cool trick or a, a 
smart trick where the car they had David Banner driving was like an old 70s Porsche and it, they are the tiniest cars. Yeah. So like with Lou Ferrigno standing next to it, it looks Right, massive. and it's like raining in the dark and it kind of looks like a monster. It's pretty good. Yeah, in the dark and the rain, like he, Lou Ferrigno and Hulk look pretty good. In broad daylight, it's not as good. You can tell his body paint. Because the next scene we get is like him in the woods with that girl we, he snuck up on that yeah. we saw. And uh, she's like, oh God, no. Yeah, obviously she's going to be terrified. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. She gets in like this tiny canoe <laughs> and like tries to like like standing in the canoe paddling away like no please and then of course falls in the lake yeah like he wasn't even chasing you and then she falls into the lake and then she's like drowning yeah so he takes like a dead tree and like tips it over into the water and it comes dangerously close to just landing on top of the little girl i think he had it figured out he was like yeah i'll drink dip it in and she'll grab on i don't think he was doing equations to see if he had the math right but who knows he could be professor hulk already i mean it ended up working (laughs) but then of course the girl screaming and her dad shows up and freaking just unloads with a rifle shot right because he's trying to like grab onto it or you'll drown you stupid brat like i'm trying to help exactly yeah yeah. but the dad comes in he sees this giant monster hauling a tree like limb like at his daughter in the middle of the lake right he's like you get back boom boom. and then he he takes the thing and smashes it over his leg like a baseball bat (laughs) yeah but he actually takes a shot to the arm and it it penetrates his skin and he's 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 apparently not bulletproof at least least, yeah yeah who knows maybe maybe like power up or something yeah who knows but yeah so it's interesting that, that uh, you know he's kind of got some vulnerability there. So yeah. it's, I don't, I'm not sure how much of a threat he is then. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in the in like a large scope of like actual like armies and stuff, I don't see how he would like uh, like right. a, like a tank like bomb. Like how would he? Yeah, go I'm interested. The I mean, I don't know how much of this we'll watch, but I, I'm interested to see like how the Hulk is shown to like be show. Like, does he do like a lot of collateral damage in this? Like I'm I not don't, sure. I mean, prob- I can't see him like taking out tanks. And just shit. busted windows. and yeah. some smash hoods. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's his. It's just gonna be a lot of street level crime. I don't think he's gonna be fighting armies and stuff. Right. So I mean, we'll we'll watch uh, another episode next week. Maybe we'll get more. Yeah, maybe we'll then. watch one or two. There was one. What was the one? Um. Was it CJ? Oh, no, that was just some other dude we were talking to. Yeah, we were talking while we were waiting in line for Al Ewing. We were talking to some people about the podcast we were doing, and we mentioned we were going to be talking about this show, and he was talking about other episodes from because he watched it growing up. Yeah, yeah. And he was ta- telling us uh, like ep- episodes and stories about the show because he was like, oh, you're doing that thing? I remember now. He told us to uh, watch the episode that Matt Murdock's in. Oh, right. Yeah. It's it was like, like it's the like trial a, of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we got to watch that one. Yeah. I'd be very interested in that. Definitely. Uh, well, yeah. So so check back. We'll talk more about the show next week, along with those issues of the Immortal Hulk also. Uh, so that'll bring us to the end of the episode here. Uh, again, so yeah, we had a really fun weekend at C2E2. Thanks for everyone who uh, showed up and said hi. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, Definitely had a fun time meeting all the all the creators who uh, who we, we got to meet Al Ewing, Gal Simone, Donny Cates, all these people whose books we just got done reviewing, which is amazing. Yeah, it's really cool to put the face to the art. Yes, yeah, because we did like four in a row that were all there. Yep. Yeah, yeah Gail, Al, Donny, uh, who's the fourth? Joe Hill. Yep, and Joe Hill. Yep. yep. Uh, so yeah, so uh, definitely check back in next week for more Mortal Hulk. Uh, we I want to thank our special audience guest, uh, Sir Pounce, my cat. Oh yeah, for sitting a, like a dutiful little cat he was right in front fr- of our microphones. Very good boy. Yeah, he was sitting there staring at us, like <laughs> looking all cute and being very distracting. Oh yeah, we missed him a lot. All right, so everyone, go home and pet your kitties and tell them you you love to pet their butts. Oh yes. Goodbye. See you later.